Good morning, River City family and friends. If you guys want to go ahead and take your seats. Good morning to all who are joining us online. It's such an honor to be with you as friends and family. It's such an honor to be with the body of Christ. What a gift it is to be with the body of Christ. We have a really um, great day that we've been praying into and believing for. If you've been a part of River City for any amount of time, you know that we love the season of Advent as a church. And so as you came in today, you saw some resources on a table. We would love it if you maybe take a picture of some of those if you'd like to interact with some. And then you'll notice in our services for the next month, we're going to have a lot of different parts, experiential parts. Today we have the gift of Jen Pinto doing pottery. Reminding us that not only is Advent a season of preparation, which is what it is, preparing the way for God's Son, the gift of God's Son, preparing our hearts to push away all the distractions and really press in to focus on Jesus. So it's a time of preparation, but it's also a time for us being prepared by the Father. And so today in service, I invite all of you online and in person to interact with each part as if it's an invitation. And so go ahead and stand with me if you're in the room. worship today. Make the decision now that you will interact with, be present in, and be with the body. So go ahead and clear your minds just for a moment. Take a deep breath in. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. 
good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. Amen. There you go. So now it's working. Yeah, yeah. It was broken before, but now it works. Uh, so we're going to do prayers of the people now. And so I'm just going to give you a quick, like, my, I think my thought, my theme will be yesterday I asked my daughter Nora what we should pray because she's a people and she maybe knows what people should be praying for. She said she just watched a Veggie Tales with her grandparents the other day and the theme was gentleness, right? Okay, so just as we're praying this morning, if we can just ask for like the fruit of the spirit of gentleness over our hearts and our minds. Um, yeah, so I just wanna invite you into that. Um, so Father, uh, just as we rest with you this morning, will you bring gentleness into our heart? this week that um, you want to bring us gentleness. You want to you touch us and fill us with your gentle heart. Father, we pray for people all over the world and we specifically pray for the hostages, the missionary hostages that are in Haiti right now. And we thank you that some of them have been released. And we pray over their captors. Would they be gentle? Would they see the heart of God moving in them? Living in them? God, would they experience for the release of the rest of the hostages. Father, we pray for countries in Europe and in South Africa and Southern Africa where there's new cases of COVID rising and, and reimposing of restrictions. And God, would you just, we pray for, I'm not sure why, God. Like we just pray for their, their hearts to be encouraged in this time and that, um, more this hardness of this season that continues. Would you continue to, to soften people's hearts as they go through this, God? Especially, you know, in many more nations as the Christmas season comes, that like, um, that spirits would be moved, like hearts would be moved closer and closer to Jesus in this time. Yeah, Father, and we thank you for the holiday that we just got to celebrate where we experience a moment to think about our gratitude and our thankfulness, but we also know that that time is hard and difficult for some people. So we pray over them, God, that you would be with them, that people would have the ability to have perspective and patience as they, they talk about maybe being together again for the first time, that they would see the hearts of other people they're talking to and, and feel compassion for empathy for those who have a difficult time this season. see you the way that, that, sorry, see ourselves the way that you see us, God.
Thank you to everyone who participated this morning, especially where is Keegan? Thank you, Keegan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How exciting was it to watch Jen make her creations this morning? I was totally mesmerized. Totally mesmerized. Also, I see some faces that are back home with us today. If your name is Sarah Bennett or Paris, wave, give us a hand wave. Very excited that you're back. All right. Um, So first, before we start, um, I am going to have a public moment of apology. I'm going to apologize to Jessica because I know, I know, I know, because we are a family and this weekend when we decorated for Christmas, a simple communication could have helped solve a problem and some of us did not ask and we messed up her floor and we're going to fix it together as a family, but I don't want her to not be able to worship with us today. I found out right before our service that she wasn't feeling so great, and it's just not fair for us to not make that right. And also, I believe that church should start with repentance, honestly. So let's just take a moment, and if there's anything you want to ask the Lord to forgive you for, or just turn over, or even just walk over and apologize to someone in the room, or whatever, let's just have like a moment and just get it out before the Lord. Um, So Jesus, if there's anything you want to just search our hearts that we already know about or don't know about or just found out about or have been holding on to for a long time, or even if it's just between us and you relationally, there's something we just want to get from darkness into light so that we can have freedom this morning and actually be a family together and go all together with you into your presence this morning. God, would you just speak? Would you just show us what that is? Would your kindness lead us into repentance and draw us back into intimate relationship this morning? Father God, would you forgive us where we're weak? And Jesus, would you strengthen us where we need it most, God? Would you give us joy in our hearts to be our strength today? Amen. And also, I just want to start by saying that it is such an honor to be together, to see each other's faces It is a privilege to worship together and to be here this morning. It's exciting that we get to actually be here. I know some of us feel that more than others, people who've been waiting to be back together with us. Can I get an amen, Miss Bennett? And some of us are just in this rhythm, and this is our natural, and we can forget what a crazy privilege it is that we're not hiding in caves or underground church hoping that we don't get persecuted. We actually get to be here together and look at each other's beautiful faces and hear each other's voices and speak the same language. And it is such an honor to be here. And I'm so grateful that I get to speak with you guys this morning. Um, And so I had a member of our church who is watching online. He is not here with us. Mr. Marcus McRae. I call him governor. Um, asked me if I was going to start out with a word from the Lord. And I do have a word from the Lord for everyone, which I'm going to preach to you. Um, But I also have a word for the Lord, from the Lord, for Mr. Marcus McRae. And I was praying for you, Marcus, and I saw um, you kind of sitting at your study, like sitting at a desk doing your work, and you had all these plates that were spinning, almost like from, what's that movie, Beauty and the Beast? And all the, all the cups and all the plates were set on fire. 
and they were spinning in this beautiful, it was almost like watching Jen do her pottery. It was like this mesmerizing art form, but I felt like God was saying like all the things that you're involved in and all the work that you're doing and all the things that you feel called to and your family and your husband and your father and you have all these dreams inside your heart. And he was just saying, I've set those things on fire, that I'm fueling those things. I'm the strength behind keeping them all in perfect order. And I'm making it beautiful so that people can recognize me in the midst of it and see um, and experience how amazing you are. Um, so good job. Faithful servant, Marcus McRae. Deacon, maybe? I don't know. What, he's, what do we call it? Elder? Wise counselor? Um, okay, so if I show you a picture of my family, you're statistically going to listen to me better. So I'm going to show you a picture of my family. All right, so that's my brother, Joseph Daniel. That's my sister-in-law, Chrissy, which is short for Christina. So she took my name, Christina Hensley, my brother and my family. And I love to share it with her. She is amazing. Um, and then my mom, Cynthia Jane Hill Hensley, tennis champion and former businesswoman of the world. My dad, Roger Eugene, crazy wild man. He's also a pastor. Love him to death. And my perfect husband, James that you all know. And next I have my two favorite people in my family. This is Ayla, my niece. And next, this is Lizzie, my other niece. Lizzie and Ayla are my two. Yes, I have short blonde hair. It's fine. All right. So that's my family. And I didn't introduce you to myself properly the last time I spoke. So that's my introduction. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about hope this morning and we're just going to jump right in. Um, if you get bored this Advent season, and we're going to give you a lot of entry points to engage with Advent at your homes throughout this season, so you're going to find out all about that. We have an Advent table, all the things, but if you get bored beyond that, I invite you to research some of the hymns that we sing and where they come from, and just, just totally go off the deep end with how beautiful the stories of those are, because if you get bored with the Bible or you need something new, just just do some study on the hymns that we sing in Christmas time and fall back in love with what they mean and where they came from. Um, but long before the hymn of Silent Night that we love, a Polish monk, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I can't, um, published this poem in 1657 in the Cherubic Pilgrim. And we're going to read it together, um, and it's going to invite us into this sermon so, lo, in the silent night, a child to God is born, and all is brought again. That heir was lost or lorn, could but they soul, O man, become a silent night. God would be born in thee and set all things right. So today we're going we're gonna to travel together into our souls, and we're going to attempt to let our souls become a silent night and imagine how God is still at work and is going to set everything right. Um, so today we're just gonna we're gonna step into our weariness. We're gonna step into our humanity, um, and we're gonna ask for the hope of God to break in to our silent nights of waiting and longing. Um, and we're gonna look forward to when God sets all things right. Sound good? All right, we're all here together. Feeling good? All right. So Advent um, literally means to come, or some people like to say arrival. 
And it's the season that we both prepare for the arrival of Christ and we also receive that he has already come. Advent is our season of waiting, but it's also our season of preparing. At the same time that we wait, this season gives us the meaning to our waitings. Advent is a season God gave us to remember that there is never a moment or never a reason to stop hoping. And the only thing that separates us as a people group from everyone else is that we are people that wait, not in vain, but with hope. So we're going to figure out what does hope mean. So let's get really clear on what hope is and then why it even matters. And then we're going to travel from there. So I define hope as this. Hope is the expectation of the goodness of God. Does that sound good? Let's all say it together. Hope is the expectation of the goodness of God. So what's the big deal about that? Um, We find the reason inside the Christmas story. So God's people first meet God as Emmanuel. This is when we get to call him Emmanuel. Not that he wasn't already with us, but this is when we find out that the creator made himself like the created and stepped into earth, into our humanity, into our world, broken, and became Emmanuel, which means God with us. Yep. And we're going to read Romans 5.5. And this is kind of the whole point of my sermon today is that hope does not put us to shame, or as most of us know, hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us, given to us. Okay, so one of our biggest struggles as people throughout all of history, all of the Bible, all of right now, is that we feel disappointed quite often when we place our hope in things other than God. And I actually want to propose that it's not hope at all when we're hoping in something other than God. It's actually just expectation. Hope is dead without the Jesus part. So hope is actually expectation in the goodness of God, in the character of Jesus. It's not anything else. Hope can't disappoint us if God doesn't do something we thought he would do, because that's not hope. That's an expectation So we have to realign our hope with the person of God. And I want to imagine if our hope is really placed in Jesus, hope that's deferred actually becomes an altar of praise. And I want us to ask the question, what if disappointment is a gift to us? What if disappointment is an invitation to us? to realign our hope where we got disappointed and put it back in the person of Jesus. When we get disappointed, I wonder if that's actually a gift to us so that we can come back to the center and remember that our hope is not in an outcome, in a person, in a thing, in a span of time that we think we knew. It's actually in a person who's not finished yet with his story. I'm trying to talk slow today. That's my goal. And because of Will, my new goal is also to become gentle. 
All right, so scripture tells us that God's character remains the same. He cannot be unfaithful to himself, right? And also that hope doesn't disappoint. So this is kind of what anchors us in. If God can never be unfaithful to himself, he does everything he says he'll do. He's completely faithful 100% of the time. Every promise he makes, makes, he commits to, and he never fails. There's nothing else that can say that. There's no one else that can say that. There's nothing else that can do that. There's no other God that people have decided to worship that can do that, right? So that's kind of the big deal about hope, is that when we place our hope in Jesus, there's no room for error. There's nothing. It's just the middle of a story. If it's not finished, if it's not good, it's not the end of God's story in our situations. Right, Reese? That's right. All right, so let's just lift off, lift off some things that regularly trip us up, make us stumble, and fail us and disappoint us. And then we look back up at God like, you jerk. But actually, we put our hope in the wrong thing. So let's just think about it. Outcomes, fantasies, lust, codependency, greed, pride, jobs, gifts, intelligence, fame, beauty, image, financial wealth, disappoint us. People are terrible gods. They're wonderful, but they are terrible, just terrible gods. So they're always going to disappoint us. Results are always going to disappoint us. So let's put up the next slide, and I want you to just pause, take five seconds, just think of something that we need to surrender back to God, just a little idol, we just kick it over this morning. Just think about what you're most prone to long for and ache for, that you're putting a little too much weight in, thinking that it might come through for you and provide something that your soul doesn't actually need. Just kick it over in your mind. Hope never does that, right? Hope never disappoints us. All right. Looks like I've skipped a bit. When we pray for a miracle of healing, this is an example, and we place our expectation in the immediate healing, guess what happens? We're disappointed. Do we stop praying for healing at that point? Do we let our hearts become hard? And do we blame God? No, never, 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 never. We keep praying for healing forever, but we keep our hope aligned with Jesus and not with outcomes, but we continue to pursue breakthroughs and faith. When hope is placed on anything created and not the creator, we always get disappointed. When Christ Jesus died after the Christmas story, he's born, but if we skip ahead, when he died, all of his followers, all of his family, all that were still calling themselves his were what? Disappointed, sad, angry, furious, scared, terrified, you name it, confused. What are they supposed to do now? Right? They've given up everything. What are they supposed to do? What did they do? They waited. They listened. He rose. He ascended. He gave them the Holy Spirit. They were fine. Here we are. Don't we often pause in our stories, in our circumstances, like the middle of a movie, like the climax of a movie? Don't we often press pause in, in our real-time situations? We press pause 
in a situation and we let our hearts sink with despair, we get confused. God doesn't line up with what we thought he was going to do. So get mad at him, start looking around, start placing our hope in other stuff, right? But why would we pause in the middle of God's story? Y'all are crazy. (laughs) But the false idols that we place our hope in, if you've got one on your mind, you can think about it now. They never make us feel better. They always let us down. But when we place our hope in Jesus, it actually sets us free. Because when we place our hope in Jesus, there's nothing to worry about. We get to sit on and meditate on and chew on and digest and transform our thoughts to remember, 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 remember that hope doesn't disappoint us. So there's no room to worry or have anxiety or fear or doubt or shame because we already know the end of the story, that hope doesn't disappoint us and that God is completely faithful to himself and to the promises that he's made. And Keegan read one of them this morning that he is going to bring complete justice to every situation that he's going to bring righteousness to reign in his kingdom in perfect time. So we already know that every injustice is going to be wiped away because that is who God says that he is. And we've never seen God fail, and we never will. Right? I love when Mariah smiles at me. That that feels good when you're talking to have Mariah smile. (laughs) So when we place our hope in Jesus, it's not just this positivity. It's not even submissive obedience. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put my hope in you, but in my heart, I'm going to feel sad about it because I don't really know. It's not any of that. It's not positivity. It's not rosy eyes. It's none of that. It's freedom. We actually release the need to have control and feel worried. And we settle into freedom to let God take back control of what he created and what he already has planned for us. I'm going to read from Jeremiah. This is a piece of the lectionary. Sometimes it's hard to work the lectionary in, I'm going to be honest. But I liked this piece, um, and it goes well with what Keegan read in Psalms as well. Um, It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause righteousness, a righteous branch, to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. And there's going to be a day when we are going to look at Jesus, and we're going to be able to say, God, you are my righteousness. You are my justice. You are my peace. I saw it through. Right, Drew? All right, so this is the giant paradox of this whole season. Advent is a paradox of a season. We have not yet, nor will we experience the fullness of what Jesus says he's going to do until what? Until what? Jesus comes back. Good job, James. But scripture says, if we don't give up, we will see it. So we're sitting here, and Jesus has already come to us, and we have a reason to worship him. God is with us, Emmanuel, and he's given us salvation. He's given us freedom from sin. He's given us full and complete seat at his table. We have access to every single thing. He's given us hope so that we can wait well. He's given us, I mean, he's given us everything, but we're still sitting in between this side 
of eternity in this side where when Jesus comes back the second time, he's going to judge. Uh Uh-oh. And he's going to defeat the final enemy, death itself. And there's no more death. And then we're done. And then we don't have to struggle anymore with hoping and waiting and trusting and longing, being disappointed and being confused and being mad at God. But we sit in this middle section, right in the tension of both. And that's what Advent invites us to because we are people destined to live in this time where we get to learn how to hope in Jesus. And it's not just for us to not be depressed and say, woohoo, okay, I'm going to make it. God's going to be good to me. I can do it. We don't just grin and bear it. We actually were created to be hope bearers and hope carriers. And we're, the, we're supposed to be lights all around Everywhere, every situation, every person we meet, we are the hope bearers, which is much more important than just being the ones that remain hopeful. Like, it's amazing if we can actually remain hopeful, right? But it's even more amazing if we actually become hope bearers everywhere. That's our power. That's our key. That's why we worship, and that's why people long for what we have because we're not weary in our waiting. We're joyful in our waiting and we're happy about it because we know who God is and he doesn't disappoint us, right? Let's see where we are. Mm. Well, I do want to say this. Christmas for me really is like God's heart in the Bible. There's a few places in the Bible where I just... And like, oh, this captures your whole heart. And Christmas is one of those because God would do anything for us to be able to be intimate with him again. And we see him do the most unthinkable thing. And this is something we can go home. Like my dream would be we go home and just really, really meditate on this, this whole season. Y'all too, y'all are getting in trouble. But if we go home and sit on Advent season it's like, this could blow us away for months. Like God became a human being, baby, went into a woman's womb and came out like us. And that doesn't make any sense, but he was willing to do that. And I would dare to say he'd be willing to do it today or any day, any way that he can so that we can be reunited with him intimately in relationship. This is a story about a father who wants to be reunited with his kids and he'll do anything to do it. And this is where we start to learn the kingdom is wild. He does everything different than we thought that he would do it. And he's not interested in impressing us. He's not interested in wooing us the way that the world and the culture tries to woo us to worship them. He doesn't mind. He doesn't care. He'll do whatever he has to do to be close to us and united with us. Eternity is unfolding over billions of years, and that's the biggest word I'm going to use because my brain starts to literally twitch if I start thinking beyond billions of years. Um, But if our hope is not aligned with God, we'll always lose sight of his goodness in the midst of our teeny tiny stories. We have to zoom back and look at God from his perspective at our situations and at eternity, right? Eternity is way bigger than our momentary disappointment, right? There's something that God has to say about every situation that we're waiting for and that we're aching in. And we need his presence 
to be able to have hope and to wait. So how do we have hope? How do we access this unrepressible force, this nuclear bomb worth of power inside of our spiritual DNA that we've had ever since the moment we became a Christian? How do we do it? We let the presence of divine love come into our world presently, just as he came to Bethlehem in 2021. That sounds easy, doesn't it? It actually is pretty easy if we just receive. Um, I just want to invite us right now in our humanity, in, our, in heaven's strategy plan is, is this. This is heaven's strategy plan for any situation. Here's a problem. What is God's heart for that situation? Figure it out. Think about it. Pray about it. Read it in scripture. Whatever it takes to figure out how we can expect God's goodness and what he's saying and thinking about that thing and what he has destined for that situation. And then, like all God's people who remain faithful, we wait. So we get inundated with God's heart for every situation. We run to him with our problems rather than blaming him. And then we wait. How do we wait? With trust. And trust is just like a muscle. You have to work it. You have to build it up. It's not easy to trust when we cannot see and we do not know. God is the only all-knowing, so we're never going to know it all. So we're going to always have to trust him, which sucks and is scary. But guess what? He gave us trust. So we can just build up our trust muscle and practice over time trusting in him. And that's how we wait well. And God is never going to disappoint us. So what's the truth available for us today to transform our minds today and set us free? Because we know how we transform, and it's by the renewing of our minds. So we're going to inject hope into our minds today and be transformed and leave here more free than we came. Hope for any situation that you have going on right now. Very, I want you to get very personal. Picture Jesus sitting next to you real quick. Hope for a situation that you're struggling with can be found in God's nature to bring his goodness and fullness there. Hope is how we break the patterns of fear in our lives so that we can once again, or even for the first time, Believe for real in our hearts that God is a good father and that all his intentions towards us as his children are kind. Sometimes in the morning, I just put in Graham Cook in my ear and listen to him, the kind intentions of God, and just listen to that. And that's all I do because I need to be reminded every single day that God's intentions towards me are kind, are for my good, and that he's a good father. And it's really hard to remember that if we're not sitting with that and chewing on that all the time. And we actually need each other to do that. We can't do that on our own. Got an amen from Sarah, so I'll take it and keep going. That encourages me. Let's put up the next slide. Hope is being able to still see that light is the greatest reality despite momentary darkness. And next is scripture to go with it. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Advent is the time of recognizing our weariness, but also time 
to recognize the relentless generosity of God. I want us to leave here today acknowledging our weakness, our weariness, our humanity, but in awe of the generosity of God at the same time. I'm going to read a few more things to you because they're so good. So just kind of sit back, relax. Advent is not the kind of preparation that involves shopping and parties and cards. No shade if you're participating in that. Such an illusion of abundance disguises the true cravings of our weary souls and Advent preparation. Advent is preparation for the demands of newness that will break the tired patterns of fear in our lives. You can get that book at the Advent table. Beloved, today Jesus asks us, asks us if we're so dulled, so numb, and so frazzled, so distracted that we often miss the chance to leap within the womb of our lives when we bump up next to the presence of God. The first person to leap when they saw Jesus was John the Baptist, and he was in a womb, and that's because he was ready and waiting. He had prepared that when he bumped up next to Jesus, he did a somersault in a tummy. I mean, what the heck, right? But that wasn't just because he had this supernatural gifting to be this anointed human being. He was ready and waiting, and that's our invitation in Advent right now. We are to be ready and waiting to leap when we bump up into Jesus. And he's here and he's around. But we have to posture ourselves in gratitude, in hope, in trust, in gentleness. We have to posture ourselves like him the best that we can and wait and long and let our faith stir and bubble and grow. We have to put in effort so that our faith can stir. It's not going to stir itself. I'm going to read Psalm 130. This is also part of the lectionary. We ready? I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, River City Church, put your hope in the Lord, for the Lord is unveiling, unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. If the essence of Advent is expectancy, it is also readiness for action watchfulness for every opening and willingness to risk everything for freedom and a new beginning. Advent is not merely a commemorative event or an anniversary, but a yearly opportunity for us to consider the future, the second Advent, the promise of God's kingdom on earth. Such an understanding of Christmas is only possible insofar that we let go of our false props of convention and seek to unlock its central paradox, that paradox, to paraphrase Bonhoeffer, say that right, Bill, is the fact that God's coming is not only a matter of glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for everyone who has a conscience. And one more, 
The love that descended to Bethlehem is not the easy sympathy of an avuncular God, but a burning fire whose light chases away every shadow, floods every corner, and turns midnight into noon. This love reveals sin and overcomes it. It conquers darkness with such forcefulness and intensity that it scatters the proud, humbles the mighty, and feeds the hungry and sends the rich away emptied. So here we are, week one of Advent, both in the anticipation of Emmanuel and in the pause to practice the preparations necessary for the second coming of our King. Well, he, where he will restore the years the locusts stole, where he will defeat death, and where he will have all righteousness and all justice come to pass. So let's pray together. No, we don't. I don't have a slide for this. Let's just hear me pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you for giving us this season, for coming to us, and thank you for reminding us today that we are a people of waiting, but not in vain. We are carriers of God's redemptive hope. Speak to each of us this morning and let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the uplifting of our hearts. And this morning to end, Becca's going to come up and show off her talent that God, the way God made her for a little while. She's going to lead us in some music. And I'm going to invite you, if you desire, to come up and grab some questions to sit with and we're going to have an entire song to just sit and ponder and if you actually want to just sit with God if he's talking to you already just just stay there just follow the Lord wherever he's leading you but if you'd like to come up I have a few questions um, for us to sit with this morning and then after that we're going to sing the doxology together and if you want to participate tonight with us or by buying an Advent book, we can continue this story, but we've got four whole weeks of Advent and we're ready to jump right in. So thanks for listening to me and letting me share with you this morning. And if you would like to come up and get some questions, they are available for you. So we're going to transition to our normal family meeting ending. So if you go ahead and stand, you know what this means. And if you don't, you're about to. Let's end today with a big, loud, resounding, hopeful song. Amen? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love Christmas. Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son,
it a little differently. Ready? So come, let us adore Just the voices. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father. Praise Father. Come on. Oh, and I. even more. Santa's coming! Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.